Myrtle Beach is the beach. 60 miles of bright sand, water, and a wealth of wonderful music playing day and night. You can step into a simple beach bar and discover a surprising level of exciting musical talent. A place to kick back and groove to the enticing soundtrack of the most unexpected vacations around. With nothing but good vibes floating through the warm ocean air. Plan your own music-filled trip to America's Jukebox at visitmyrtlebeach.com. Life is a highway, and on it there will be many chicken sandwiches. But there's only one crispy. so go ahead and hit the turn signal if you know about this juicy gem of a detour. And now, and now, prepare yourself for the only talk radio show you'll want to turn up. Crank this thing. Sirius XM Pandora presents the place where your hard rock and metal voice can still be heard. You got your ass, baby. Unfiltered, uncensored, say whatever you want. Hit the record button. Anything can happen, you know. I know that ain't nobody out there came to be mellow tonight, now did you? I say, I say there ain't nobody. I say there ain't nobody not out there that even wants to be a little bit mellow, now is there? This is the Trunk Nation Podcast with host A. Trunk. Hey everybody, it's Eddie Trunk and welcome to the Eddie Trunk Podcast. Interviews with some of your favorite rock artists. New episodes every Thursday, anywhere you get your podcast. Be sure to subscribe and don't miss an episode. As I tell you every week, the interviews you hear on this podcast originate on my Sirius XM radio show, which is called Trunk Nation and is live Monday through Friday, 2 to 4 p.m. Eastern time. Nightly re-airs 10 to midnight Eastern or on demand, anything you want, anytime you want, audio, video, more on the Sirius XM app. If you're only listening to this podcast and you live in the U.S. or Canada where you can get Sirius XM, you're only getting a tiny, tiny taste of what I do on a daily basis on the radio so I hope you come on board and join me. Uh, don't forget to follow on social media as well, at Eddie Trunk, Twitter, Instagram, Facebook page, eddietrunk.com is the website. Also, a heads up to those in Southern California, July 7th, I will be at the Rainbow in L.A. from 7 to 9. There's a big party for Ronnie James Dio. Would have been his 80th birthday. Also celebrating the re-release of Holy Diver with a special remixed edition. Some other surprises as well. It's open to the public, 7 to 9 next. Well, if you're listening to this on post day, next Thursday, July 7th, at the legendary Rainbow in West Hollywood, California. I'll be there hosting. Hope to see you if you're in the area. Keep an eye on my social media for info, updates on appearances, everything happening in the world of rock. Now, speaking of appearances, just a couple weeks ago, I was in Corning, California. Had a great time at the Rolling Hills Casino where I hosted an evening with Cheap Trick and Extreme. And I also did my SiriusXM show that day from the casino. And dropping by were Gary Sharon of Extreme and Pat Badger of Extreme. A Nuno Betancourt was going to come by, but he had not gotten to the venue by the time I had gotten off the air. So it was great visiting with both of them. They both came by separately, though. Because Gary was on the fence about coming on the air because Extreme have a new record coming and they can't announce it yet. And 
I love Gary, but Gary was just, you know, it took a little convincing to get him to want to come on the air. Pat sat right down and he came on first and talked for a bit. So Pat Badger and Gary Sharon, bass player and singer from Extreme, spent some time with them a couple weeks ago in California. Great guys, great band. Gary also talked a lot about Van Halen, which I asked him about, and some great stuff came from that interview that made a lot of news at the time. This happened live on the radio a couple weeks ago. So we'll start with, uh, well, we'll do them in the order that they happen. We'll start with Pat, who came on and talked a little bit about the coming Extreme record and checking in, and it was the first time Extreme, the gig they were about to do was the first show that they had played in over two years. So some thoughts with Pat. And then we'll follow it up with Gary Sharon, two members of Extreme on this week's podcast. Here's Pat Badger. All right, we're back. We are live from the Rolling Hills Resort Casino in Corning, California today and tomorrow. And I'm here because tonight, as I mentioned, Cheap Trick is playing one of the great bands of all time. And opening for uh, them tonight is this. This face guys are all right. I mean, it's a decent band that's opening. They're, they're, they're kind of okay. Ah, I'm busting balls because that's what we do. Look at this. Pat Badger is here from Extreme. Good to see you, buddy. It's so good to be here, Eddie. It's It, it feels like forever since I saw you because yeah. I think the last time Extreme played was on the Monsters of Rock cruise back in 2020, right when the pandemic was hitting. So this is the first time we're playing. In, yeah. In- and I'm jo- I'm joking. I lo- you know I love you guys and another amazing band. So it's well, thanks, a great man. double bill tonight with Cheap Trick and Extreme. And by the way, I just found out there's a third act on the bill. Uh, that's apparently Alice Cooper's son. Does he have a son that's in the band? You know, I was wondering who the opening act was. I didn't know that, that that's who's It's one of Alice's yeah. kids. Is that right? The, the promoter told me last night, which I had no idea. So we're we're big a, Alice fans, too. Yeah, so, yeah. Yeah. It makes me feel so old when the, all these bands, I just talk about Fogarty's kids opening for him, and then yeah. Alice's kids in the, in the it's ever, it's crazy. It's, I'm grooming my kid right now to be the bass player of Extreme. Are you going to replace you? <laughs> Why not? It seems to be the thing to do. Do you know... Do you know, I'll never, when you say something like that, Pat, it reminds me of something I did on TV, on my old TV show, that I still can't believe to this day that I did this, but it speaks to what a great human being and great sense of humor Michael Anthony has. Oh, he's the best. The best. Because we were, I was interviewing Chickenfoot. It was at Irving Plaza in New York, second level of the the, the upper balcony area. I don't know if you've ever been Irving Plaza. Oh, yeah. A, yeah, we played there. Right. So there's a balcony and it drops, you know, yeah. the floor on the bottom. So we shot this before they sound checked that day, before the doors were open. And it was all four guys from Chickenfoot Satriani, Michael, Sammy, and <clears throat> Chad. And at that was at the time that Wolf just started playing in, in Van Halen recently, right? So I'm talking to um, Satriani. All four of the guys are standing. This was all on camera. This actually happened. And I say to Satch, I go, Hey, Joe, you got any kids? And Joe's like, yeah, as a matter of fact, I do. I go, so how, f- how long before one of them is good enough to play bass and replaces Michael Anthony oh. and Chickenfoot? <laughs> now, I only knew I could do that because Michael and I are friends. And oh, you know, yeah. He's, he's such, such a, a sense of humor. Yeah. And he goes, he looks at me, he goes, oh! And you, Chad Smith jumped over the railing. This is all on camera of Irving <laughs> Plaza. That's like a 15-foot drop. And I looked at the guys. I go, he's your drummer. You got a gig tonight. He's going to twist his ankle. He goes, yeah, he's insane. I mean, but anyway, it was, a, you know, yeah, there's yeah. so much of that going on now. It's yeah. like, you know, who knows? Oh, yeah. No, there's a lot of kids out there taking, uh, you know, 
taking a new path and, and creating stuff. And it's, it's funny that we are at that age though, where like, you know, especially the, the generation of bands before us, you know, 10 years older than us, all those kids were, uh, you know, th- they're all starting their own bands and yeah. you know, it's, it's crazy. You have kids? For I real? have, yeah. How, yeah. how old? Uh, my son's 19. Does he play anything? He plays guitar, but he, I told him you're not going into the music business <laughs> no, <laughs> no. no matter what you do. Yeah. Is he good? Yeah, he plays. Uh, you know, he plays guitar. He's good. Does he want to do what Dad does? No, he's no. not. He's, he's doing it for he's, fun. He's actually going to college now and and studying. You know, stuff like engineering and things that I could never comprehend. Keep keeping it as a <laughs> hobby then is basically yeah, yeah, what yeah, it is. Yeah. So, dude, you look great. What'd you do, man? You got to give me your tip. You, uh, you weren't eating at Rock and Brews last night, clearly. Dude, I I, I uh, went on a little diet. I, I dieted down because I was on the. Uh, you know, eat and drink anything I want because I got no gigs because of COVID, and I put on a little a the little COVID weight. twenty, so, yeah, I put the on COVID the COVID. So yeah, I just lost the COVID twenty. And how'd you do it? Uh dude, it was as simple as diet and exercise. Yeah. You know, they say that that's what you I have know. to do. And I uh, I stopped drinking for a little while. Mm-hmm. Obviously, all those empty calories don't help. So, right. Um, yeah, I you just, drinking I now? Feel great. Yeah, I'm back to drinking. All right, good. We'll have a few tonight. <laughs> See where you put the 15 back on this weekend. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I think I'll sweat it out tonight, though. It's going to be hot out here. You haven't played. Now, you mentioned the Monsters Cruise. I remember because we were all on that, and it was funny at that time because everybody was talking like, uh, oh, this Corona thing. You know, We were kind of all joking about like, ah, it's not going to – everyone's drinking Corona beer. Like, ah, it's not a thing. And, of course, the world changed shortly after that cruise. Absolutely. But, I mean, we, we – uh, that was the last time Extreme played. That was the last time we played was at, on that cruise. And um, I remember being on – like seeing on my phone that the news was breaking about like the Diamond Princess or whatever that ship was. It was – being quarantined over like in Japan, I'm thinking to myself, oh my God, we're on this cruise ship. What if that happens to us? And we're mm. like stuck on this thing for like week. And it ended up, you know, some of those cruise ships ended up, uh, you know, weeks of people being quarantined. It was crazy at that time. And, and we they, all thought we were going to die. I think there's actually a documentary about that exact ship and and what happened mm. on that. Because that was like the first time that people were quarantined on the ship. I saw it. I think it was on HBO mm. that they actually covered that. But uh yeah, I mean, it's. Uh, it, it, I think we're. It, it's interesting because we all talk about. I do it as well, like the pandemic and the effects of it in past tense. And of course, we're all living again, which is great. But the reality is, every day I have a story on here about a tour being halted or disrupted, oh, still, still because yeah, of it. Of course. And you guys lost a show at M three, right? We did. Yeah, Kevin uh, ended up, uh, you know, testing positive, and so even though he wasn't like you know on his deathbed or whatever, it would be irresponsible to fly or be you know ex- expose other people to it. So we had to pull the plug on M three, like you know, a couple of days before. So it was, uh, you know, that was a little disappointing, but. So it was Kevin that had it. I thought I thought Gary or Nuno had it too. I, just, I didn't you know. You know, we've all had it. Well, yeah. I don't think Nuno's ever had it, but I, you know, we've all like had it a little bout with it. Um, but nothing, you know, obviously knock on wood, nothing serious. So um, it is what it is. You know, that, like you said, there's shows, tours getting canceled left and right still to this day. It's crazy, know? and everybody seems to have <clears throat> an alternate out there, like a, a ringer, either a guy, a crew guy, or a guy they're holding a, uh, that knows the set to yeah. be called in in the event that something goes down so they don't miss a show. Obviously, you guys are not really in a position that you want to do that. No, we've never uh, even talked about doing that. I mean, if it's not the four of us, I don't think we're going uh, <laughs> to play a show. Now, going into your first show tonight, where you have not played in over two years, mm-hmm. 
Is that nerves at all anymore, or is that? Do you rehearse? Did you rehearse? You know, uh, we we did a rehearsal. Gary, Kevin, and I did. You know, Nuno lives out here on the West Coast, so you know it didn't really make sense for us all to fly out here to to rehearse. You know, we we've done shows in the past, other tours, other shows that we've done this this very same thing where we all, you know, give, uh, Kevin, Gary, and I have gotten together, and then uh, you know we 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 just you know come do our thing. So. Um, I'm not nervous about it. You know, I've played gigs in the last couple of years, so it's not the first time I've stepped on stage. Uh, so what I'm have you looking... done in the last couple of years? I heard so... you're playing with this Journey tribute. That's like <laughs> kind of okay. You know, it's it's fun to to play in a tribute band. I have my own tribute band, the Dark Desert Eagles, which is an Eagles band. Oh, you told me about that. Yeah. Actually. So I've been playing gigs with that with that band for the last couple of years, and instead of playing bass, I've uh, I play guitar and sing uh, lead vocals. So it's been a big uh, eye-opening experience uh you know taking a different role within a band and singing eagle stuff i mean all that harmony and stuff oh it's yeah it's got to be unbelievable yeah and I'm, I'm singing the uh glenn fry and the don henley stuff so it's it's uh it's a trip singing those songs and seeing people singing those you know classic hits yeah uh, back at you you know um but yeah i've been playing also uh i'm filling in on bass this summer with uh, my good friend and manager uh rob his uh his journey tribute called Voyage, which is, we, we did our first gig about a week ago um, at Hampton Beach, sold out 1,800 people. And so that was kind of a gut check time for me because that was the first time I've played bass on stage in two years and getting in front of all these people on no rehearsal. I just learned their stuff from some live recordings and stuff. But again, it's so fun to play those old songs that we grew up listening to. Of course. And, and, and uh, yeah, it's just, it's, you know, so, so this summer I have some Eagles and uh, journey and extreme dates, uh, voyage. I'm sorry, not journey. <laughs> voyage dates and extreme. So I'm, I'm, I feel like I'm back on tour this summer. It's been great. So you and and finally with extreme, there's there's touring activity going on because in addition to this first show tonight, uh, you're doing Monsters on the Mountain, which is in uh, Tennessee. Tennessee. That's on. A, you're on the August 19th date. I believe that's yeah, the first night. And then you got a date here at uh, Rock in the Rivers in Montana which I've actually been there. I, I celebrated my 50th birthday hosting that show, which is now seven years ago. But I don't know if you guys played there. It's a beautiful setting. No, I've never been out there. But uh, we're hoping to uh, invite the cast of Yellowstone out to the show. <laughs> Kevin Costner <laughs> comes riding in yeah, on a horse. That would be amazing. <laughs> uh, but I, We want to meet Beth. We, we yeah, wanna, oh, yeah, I, I think yeah. everyone would like to. She's wild, yeah. Uh, Montana, uh, Rock in the Rivers, great setting. Again, I was there. I haven't been there since, but seven years ago, and um, that or eight years ago, coming up now, and uh, you'll, you're doing that on August twelfth, and uh, you're also on. I think you're already on Monsters of Rock for the next one, right? We are, yeah, uh, confirmed uh, for Monsters, which uh, is early next year. Yeah, except I think it's run a little later. It is. Yeah, it's like in May or something, yeah. isn't it? Yeah, yeah it so is a little we're later. Confirmed on that. And then um, we have a few extreme dates in September as well. Um, you got one huge one. There's a big one. Fenway uh, Park. You know, the, I don't even want to talk about the show because it's, it seems like it's cursed, right? So we were supposed to play. Uh, it was announced in 2020. We were invited to, to be on the Aerosmith 50th anniversary show, Extreme Direct Support for Aerosmith at Fenway Park. Okay, so... Obviously, COVID had a different plan for that. And then they rescheduled it for uh, 21. And Aerosmith decided they were going to pull the plug on all 21 dates and wait till 22. Mm -hmm. 
And as you know, recently they announced that Steven Tyler was going into rehab mm-hmm. and uh, canceling, you know, a couple of months worth of dates. Right. So um, from what I've heard and read, uh, Aerosmith is planning on starting to tour like late August or early September doing their Vegas residency. And then Fenway is on. So um, God willing, nothing will, you know. Well, how it actually goes, because it's actually announced. So right now, their first show back is actually uh, in, I think, in the New Hampshire area. Isn't it, Rob? Is it New Hampshire? Bangor, Maine. So right now, Bangor, Maine is supposed to be the first, is announced. This is all announced as the show. And then the next show is going to be, would be Fenway. Right. And then they'll start the residency. Then they do the residency. They basically right. chopped off the first two months of the residency because I just yeah. came here from Vegas and the billboards are up there announcing the residency to start in September. But the Fen, I mean, I understand you almost not wanting to mess with talking about it because it's almost, I would think for a band from the Boston area too, it's surreal for you to think that you'll play Fenway in front of Aerosmith. It would be surreal standing uh, you know, uh, on what is the outfield looking at, at Fenway. And, and of course, we, we have done stadiums with Aerosmith before, so that bucket list has been checked off. You know, we were lucky to play over in Europe. We've done st- soccer stadiums, and um, we did, you know, a lot of... We, we did some touring with Aerosmith uh, back in the day. And so... But to, to do it at home at Fenway with our families, with our friends coming down would be, you know, really a, a, an epic night for, for all of us. So have you uh, as ex- has Extreme ever played Fenway? Park? No, we've never played Fenway. Never. Yeah. So I kind of look at this as maybe a once in a lifetime opportunity to, to really, you know, to do something like that at home. That would be a thrill. You know. Maybe it's better that it doesn't happen, though, because I can't imagine your guest list. Uh, <laughs> no, we were already like, okay, we only have like uh, uh, seven and a half tickets each if once we divide <laughs> them up, right? So everyone buy tickets. We, we're like, it's been crazy with trying to block off, you know, seats for everybody and get everyone good seats and make sure everyone's handled. But um, yeah, so so that one's definitely circled on the uh, the calendar is what, what would be the most exciting gig, uh, could be one of the most exciting gigs of the year or, yeah. you know, one of uh, probably of our career, you know, it'd be exciting to, to do that. So, yeah, I could only, I mean, I'm, I definitely want to try to make that myself if assuming it happens. <clears> I mean, <throat> I hope Steven's getting well. I mean, I'm really glad that they, they, I'm glad I said this to a lot of people at his age with what he's been through. The fact that he recognized the problem and got help immediately is yeah. great because yeah. we, we need these guys sticking around and uh, with all the years on him, he wouldn't have lasted long if he wasn't doing the right thing. So yeah. Yeah. I it's mean, great that he's got, he saw it and hopefully gets well and will be ready to go in September. Yeah. Cause that guy is just a fr- the freak of freaks as far as performing and singing. And you know, as far as all the great front men from the day, he, the best. he he's the best. He the wins best. the, you know, I mean, th- although no the one... guy playing tonight on after you, he's, he's pretty damn oh good too. God. If you see Dude, Robin, Robin Zander is one of my favorites uh, voices of, of, you know, so for me, this is a huge bucket list today just to be able to play with cheap trick. I mean, Have you I, ever done that? We've never played with cheap. Trick. Oh my God. We've that's crossed crazy. paths a bunch of times. We've hung out with them. They've come to our shows. We've gone like a, a Gary got up on stage with them, I think, and has, has guested with them, but we've never, you know, been a support act for them. And again, it's, it's kind of a trip because, you know, I, I turn into fanboy when I see these guys and, and like, uh, you know, I remember being in middle school and, and hearing I Want You to Want Me on an AM radio for the first time that some girl was like listening to and going, wow, I, I like that band. I went when bought the record, you know, live at Budokan. And from, from then on, I've been a massive fan. 
and and you know so it's a thrill to play with those guys yeah and they're still so good and and now speaking of people's kids so now da- dax has been in the band a while playing drums right yeah rick's rick's son but yep. also now robin's son who's also named Robin, they call him RTZ, Robin Taylor's aunt. He plays in a supporting role in the band, rhythm guitar and some backing vocals, and he's a chip off the old block with Robin. It's crazy how talented that kid is. And that kid has played in every position in the band. Yeah, He has subbed for Rick Nielsen. He has subbed on oh, drums subbed for, for Dax. He's wow. subbed for Tom. The only person he's yet to sub for is his dad. I saw him actually sub for Tom because I went to uh, our, our buddies Ernie Bach Jr. for yeah. the car uh, dealer from uh, New England. He had a private event and Cheap Trick was playing, so I, I was lucky enough to go to that um, event. And and uh, Tom had just had heart surgery or yeah. something. So yeah, so he's he, back he, though. Tom's back, thankfully. Yeah, yeah, yeah. and and dude, what amazing bass tone. Oh. You know, it's that's such a big part of Cheap Trick that people don't realize is yeah. is that that. Uh, Eight string or twelve string bass tone that he that he has, but um yeah his his uh, Robin son was on bass that night, so it was amazing. Yeah, it was great. So I see Gary back there, kind of pacing. He's going to come on for a few minutes, and I know he's he's it's like a boxer getting ready to go in the ring. He's like he's about to fight he Mike gets Tyson. In the zone. He's yeah, he in gets a zone. In the zone. He's like it's like he's never done an interview before. I can see him. He's he's right next to us, and I don't have two headsets, so I can't put him on at the same time. So I'm going to let you go in a second and then take a break and then we'll put Gary on for a few minutes and he'll get ease into it and maybe I'll give him a shot of vodka or something, something to calm him down. So I'm going to ask you this question so he doesn't have to deal with it, so he doesn't have to stress. The record's coming out next year. Thank you. That's all we needed to know. That's it. It's as simple as that. Listen, we have inked a deal. I knew this question was coming. We yeah, have well, inked a deal a, with a I mean, We know there's a record done. There's a record, yep. And um, I know there's been a lot of talk over the last 10 years. I mean, you know, it's, it's been, it, you know, COVID definitely uh, threw a bit of a monkey wrench into the timing of everything. As a lot of people don't realize what goes into setting up a record. There's like seven months of press and doing videos and this and that and the other thing. So um, there will be something next year. Next year's twelve months. Front at, front end, middle end, back end. What are you thinking? I I'm not the one. I I don't like to come on and make any false promises or predictions. So I'm not I'm not going to go there. All you're but saying is next year. Next year, possible we get a single. I don't know. I don't have a. I don't. Well, I've never. Well, because now you have a label, right? You, yes. You, you do have a record deal for it. Yes. So that they're going to dictate that, I would imagine. But too. that was recently signed. Right. So yeah, they will. So they've got to do that. the setup and the planning. Exactly. They'll they'll lay out a whole marketing plan. So for me, I can't like predict whether it's. I have no idea. You know, until it's basically dictated to me. But for the extreme fans that are asking, we know the record's done, and we now know there's a record deal, and it will come out next year. True. There you go. That's all we need to know. All right. Maybe a single comes soon. A lot of bands put out singles way early before the record. Again, that, that's all stuff that's out of my... I just play bass. Are you happy with the record? Yeah, of course. Yeah? All right. <laughs> it's like this is like extremes Chinese democracy over here, for God's sakes. It's like you guys are like, like what's the, like, the, the mystery? is unbelievable. Uh, you know, again, every band has its share of, of stuff. Will you and- make candles for the new record and send them out? Do you know candles. about that? No. For the last record, you guys made really cool, maybe it was a Christmas gift, Extreme Candles. I have it on my desk. Oh, is it white with it's the Extreme white. logo? Blue square, white with the Extreme logo. They're I, great. I have one, too. I had nothing to do with it. 
<laughs> Someone gave it to me too. You guys always, you're like one of the last bands that actually does nice stuff like that. Like it used to be people mm-hmm. in my position used to get schmoozed all the time. Mm-hmm. Now I can't even get somebody to send me a CD. Wow. But, 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 but it used, but I remember one year you guys sent me a pecan pie. There was like a candle that came one year. Like you actually, you don't know anything about it. You're like, yeah, whatever. That's all Robbie's doing. <laughs> That's all Robbie's doing. You're paying for it, though. I hate to tell you. <laughs> as long as I get one, too, then I'm, I'm okay with it. Doesn't that. sound like you did. <laughs> I'm telling you about it. Uh, that's funny. Are you still doing the, are you still doing the uh, alpacas? I have a couple of alpacas as pets. Um, Melly and I have a beautiful farm that we have uh, a donkey, alpacas, chickens. We have three Nubian goats that drive me absolutely crazy. Um, but yeah, well, I got a little farm up up in New England. The alpaca, uh, when you when the alpaca thing came out, you were like, because you mm-hmm. you can use the fur or something. You shave it or you, yeah, you don't yeah. do that though. I don't do that. No, I had in fact someone shared them while I was uh, on the plane coming out this way. Uh, <laughs> Sorry. I got, yeah, he showed up and did it for me. <laughs> but I only have a couple now. But um, yeah, you shear them for their their fleece, and then people use it to you know make hats, sweaters scarves like a like a sheep yeah yeah, yeah. interesting yeah. All, right. Well, all right and you you did your own record a while ago too right? i've done a couple of solo records you got and, more coming with that yeah i, I continually I, I think extreme's the band that like we only have like five or six extreme records but we have like 20 solo records <laughs> <laughs> so that should tell you a lot right there so i told gary so i, I won't even talk to you about extreme i'll talk about tribe of judah and i'll talk yeah, about we have all i've had them of... on for 55 different bands over the years yeah so we we'll got like, extreme we've got like 10 tribute bands exactly. we've got all, sorts got all of kinds stuff of Look, alpacas, yeah. Nubian sheep, whatever. You got if, everything. If going. we all clear our plates from everything else, <laughs> then we'll have more extreme records. But until that time, you know, we have all this other shit going on. All right, Gary softened up now. Now we softened it up a little bit for him, so now he can just come in and hang out. Oh yeah, he's I'll, got some cool stuff to talk about. I know he does. He's going got going this summer. I know he does. Myrtle Beach is the beach. Sixty miles of bright sand, water, and a wealth of wonderful music playing day and night. You can step into a simple beach bar and discover a surprising level of exciting musical talent. A place to kick back and groove to the enticing soundtrack of the most unexpected vacations around. With nothing but good vibes floating through the warm ocean air. Plan your own music-filled trip to America's Jukebox at visitmyrtlebeach.com. While no one knows what tomorrow may bring, Bridgestone is working toward a more positive outlook. With innovations like developing a tire using 75% recycled and renewable materials. It's just one of the many ways Bridgestone is making a difference today, for generations to come. Because that's what really matters. Bridgestone, solutions for your journey. Visit whatreallymatters.com to learn more. Start clean with Clorox, because Clorox delivers a powerful clean every time. Because messes happen. Because... Yeah, the charcoal mask. Great, because why would I put that on my face when I could drop it in my sink? This is what I get for multitasking. Ugh, why is charcoal so sticky? <clears throat> Hello? Hey, Janice. I am so sorry. I thought I was on mute. <laughs> no, we don't need to reschedule. I'll just stay off camera. Ooh, yeah, that happens. So start clean with Clorox. Use Clorox products as directed. Life is a highway. And on it, there will be many chicken sandwiches. But there's only one crispy. So go ahead and hit the turn signal if you know about this juicy gem of a detour. Well, thanks to Pat for joining me. Great to visit with him. And I did talk Gary Sharon into coming on. 
And here is this conversation with Gary that uh, happened on Trunk Nation, talking a little bit about Van Halen as well, in addition to, of course, Extreme and his coming performances with Joe Perry. Now Gary Sharon on the Eddie Trunk Podcast. All right, well, I knew we said we we're going to go free-for-all today, and we will have time for calls, but I because I didn't... I didn't expect that these guys would actually step up to the plate and make themselves available to me. I mean, how long have I known them? I had to negotiate this like it was world peace or something. Uh, but we just had Pat Badger from Extreme, and now we have the voice of Extreme, the lead singer of the band, and the very nervous Gary Sharon. How, how many decades we've known each other? What are you worried about? I, I got my head in the gig. Yeah, well, how do you feel about not having played in two years? Are you are you nervous? I'm nervous. Yeah, but I get why ner- I get nervous. Uh, I get nervous before every gig. Do you, you really? Know? Yeah, yeah. Even after all these decades of doing this. Yeah, because uh, my my first thought is, uh, how am I going to fool him this time? <laughs> oh, come on, man! Yeah. The voice is always there with you. You're always Thanks. in great, tip-top shape, ready to go. It looks like it looks like with you, COVID didn't put on 15 at all. You did just fine, <laughs> right? Yeah, yeah. I had uh, what we were talking before. I had COVID before um, Kevin got it, but uh, before the M3. Yeah. But it, it was a mild case, so yeah, yeah, yeah. I got you know sometime luck of the draw. So it's been two years since Extreme played. What have you done personally? Have you done? I mean, I know that you guys worked on a record, and as Pat said, that record will come out next year, and, and yeah. there's a deal in place, and now it's all set. But you personally, what kind of stuff did you, because you do a lot of other things. What, did, yeah, what, doing, what have you been doing? I've been busy with uh, uh, Hurt Smile, the, the, my mistress band with my brother Mark. And right. Joe Pessia from Steelheart, uh, writing some stuff and recording. So uh, we're actually mixing a, a, a crop of songs that we're going to put out this year. So there will be music. Some music out this year. Oh, okay. Yeah. So you do stuff with Hurt Smile, which is a cool yeah. band for people that haven't heard it. Yeah. Uh, you did a f- you did a few things with them. Couple, so. yeah, a couple records with them. You know, uh, toured not not extensively, but gone to Japan with them. I love it. It's, it's opportunity to write with my brother Mark, and uh, talented, talented guys. Yeah, keeps yeah. me busy for sure. And also, you got something. You know, you've done this before, and this is a byproduct, unfortunately, of what Pat and I talked about with Aerosmith pushing things back a bit. Now, Joe Perry's going to go out and do some project dates, and you played and sang with him before, and you're going to do it again, which is awesome. Tell me about that. Yeah, that was the silver lining from my end to play play with Joe again. I didn't think it was going to happen again, you know. Um, But when the the Tyler news came out, uh, I heard from Paul Geary works with with Joe. He says, uh, Joe's thinking about going out there and uh, doing some dates, and I was just like, yeah. So, because, um, what was it, two years ago I played with him? I think it was 10, 20. Probably around 20, that, maybe 2019, more, yeah. 2018. I've done a handful of shows, always been great. It's, you know, it's, it's, it's surreal. You know, this is Aerosmith, this is Beantown, this is Joe. You know, so to play with him never gets old, very excited. We're going to, uh, going to uh, South America for two dates. Oh, is that right? I yeah. I know that and there's three shows right now announced in the U.S. Oh, geez. I, Did you know that? <laughs> yeah. No, but I guess we haven't announced the, uh, I don't know if they announced the Brazilian. Well, we're not so. on in Brazil, so okay. don't worry about it. All right. And then but, nobody will put that yeah, on they, the internet, they, I'm sure. They announced the East Coast dates. <laughs> we got a date with ZZ Top, which is great. Uh, we're doing something at uh, the casino up in uh, New Hampshire. There's a date in Atlantic City I saw, yeah, too. Yeah, yeah. 
And I think we've done that before. Yeah. So three dates, you know, I, I think the Aerosmith guys are uh, planning on rehearsing in uh, August, getting getting that that ball rolling again. I was going to say, is there talk and maybe do some more, that, that Joe would add some more? Yeah, know? depending on their schedule. Right. I told them I'm available. <laughs> I love it. It's, 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 uh, he actually asked me uh, um, to, uh, you know, dig up some older tracks oh, you know, that they don't do. So I got suggestions. I love the first Joe Perry Project record. Oh, yeah. Great. I love that is the most. It, Ralph Mormon. Uh, but it's Singer such Greg. a raw, like, yeah, Ralph Mormon, but the stuff Joe sings oh, yeah. on it. I mean, yeah. it's such a raw, like, my God, I still crank that record up to this day. I'm pulling up the track listing. Oh, Discount so, Dogs? I think they're, 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 they're on the first Well, Let record. the Music Do the Talking, which, they, of course, then Original. Aerosmith redid yeah. with different lyrics. Conflict of Interest. Yeah. Discount Dog, Shooting Star, which I always wanted Ace Freely to cover. Wow. Because the lyric, you know, my brand new ship is Stellar Bound, Spaceman. Yeah. I've told him about that a thousand times. Break Song, which is instrumental. Rock yeah. and Train, that's Ralph Mormon. Yeah, we're going to do that. Yeah. The Mist is Rising is so Love cool. Love it. That lick it's almost, in that. It's Jimmy Page-ish. It's, oh. it's Zeppelin. Ready on the firing line and Life yeah. at a Glance. The yeah. record is killer. And when you hear that record, it feels like you're, it, it's, it's so live feeling. Yeah. Now, what are you going to do? What, yeah, we're going to do, we'll do some old school. But when you, when you talk about that record, it was, it was, it was bittersweet for me because uh, being an Aerosmith diehard. Me too. You know, when uh, I, I, first time I heard the record, I'm like, this shit could have been, this shit could have been Aerosmith songs. Right, you know, but it ended up great, and uh, the second record with Charlie Farron. Looking at it right now, East yeah. Coast, West Coast, no yeah. substitute for arrogance, which is killer. Oh, yeah. yeah, I got the rock and rolls again, buzz, buzz. Yeah, I mean, th- th- you should just do these two records in their entirety. Tell Joe that that's the f- that's the set, twenty songs, boom. That is amazing, <laughs> man. I love those two records so much. And Joe actually, Joe announced that he's doing. The, the solo record he made, Switzerland Manifesto, yeah. there's another version coming, and you have a song on that too, yeah. right? Yeah, uh, wrote, there's a few tracks, some of the best tracks with uh, Chris Robinson uh, sings a track. There's another Xander track on that. I was lucky enough to uh, write a song with Joe. That's going to go on. Didn't It was too late for those songs to go on the original record, so it's uh, Manifesto part two or right. whatever. Yeah. Right. Right. And we're going to do some of those tracks. Uh, it's funny. Um, I think of the first rehearsals I did with Joe, um, when Whitford, Whitford did a run with the, with the solo last time. And, uh, you know, you could, you could spend hours doing those songs, but I, I was, I was, uh, I was bugging the shit out of, uh, uh, Whitford. I was pulling out you know, write me a letter, oh, yeah. all, all that stuff. Well, Brad's stuff with Aerosmith was actually very heavy, like round and round is super Some heavy. Some of the heaviest that, stuff. The heaviest stuff. Yeah, yeah. Nobody's fault is Brad. I mean, it's really heavy stuff in yeah. that. With, with the Joe Perry Project, when he does this and this, these shows coming up, how many Aerosmith songs are actually in the set as well? That's, that's always a... Maybe something like Combination, I would think. No, it does Combo, of, but he's going to do, you know, he likes to do the Aerosmith that they don't do right you know so that's that's uh going going deeper you know we pulled out pandora's box 
Uh, we pulled out Adam's apple, oh. um, some stuff that he didn't do. So there's some tracks, uh, some older tracks on the first and second record we're going to pull out. And uh, I'm, I'm curious, as a fellow Aerosmith fanatic like myself, you mentioned it was bittersweet when, when 1980 rolled around, Let the Music Do the Talking comes out, and you're thinking that. But what were your thoughts on uh, Rock and a Hard Place? Rock and a Hard Place. It? Great record. Because and it was almost one of those rare things where for a brief time it was addition by subtraction. Because yeah. I, I love Rock and a Hard Place, and I love the first project records. Yeah. So it was almost like, okay, I want, the, I want Joe back in Aerosmith, of yeah. course. But for right now, this is actually, both things are actually really cool. Yeah, I was working at a record store, and just to see the different faces, uh, what was it? No, Whitf uh, was Whitford on? Whitford was still in the band. He, the Rock and Hard Place does not picture Brad. It pictures Rick Dufay, who right. actually didn't play on the record. Right. The record, I was told all the guitars on Rock and Hard Place are Crespo. But then Brad left, and then they brought in Rick Dufay. And they right. picture, I like In Dufay. time for the photo and the tour, but he's actually not, doesn't play on the record. Right. Crespo's on that. Cre uh, Crespo yeah. did the whole record. Yeah. But he's on, he's on the back, right? Crespo and Dufay are pictured on yeah. the back, yeah. I like the record. It's great. It's still, Tyler was, you know, still, you know, his voice wasn't, his voice wasn't peaking, but it still, it still had the essence. You know, oh, yeah. he, he, was, he was, you know, you could tell he was a, a little wary on that record, but the songs were great. Well, he was at the height of his drug addiction. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, he was struggling, but still, the, I mean, Bitches Brew and yeah. Jailbait and... Bolivian uh, Ragamuffin. Yeah. There's uh, a lightning moment... Strikes. There's yeah. a Lightning Strikes, which they'll do every once in a while with the current band. Right. But th there's a moment in... Um, I forget what song it is. Uh, uh, maybe it's Jig Is Up. I don't know, but there's a there's, there's a moment in that song where if you listen i didn't realize this and it was actually snake from skid row told me this a long time ago if you listen closely tyler's so out of it and he didn't have a, vo a, a lyric for a certain part of the song he actually recites the um is it the burger king or the mcdonald's oh, yeah. thing at the time Spe hold, hold the, the pickle, pickle hold, hold the, the lettuce. lettuce he actually orders, don't he sings that yeah. on the freaking record <laughs> it's one of the lyrics because and i was like how is that because i think jack douglas did i heard that it the other day too. and you listen to it and you're like holy shit he's singing the burger king theme from 1980 i didn't know the story behind that yeah he just didn't have anything and just said fuck it and sang yeah. that uh nuno big fan of 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 that record rock and hard place, place. yeah, yeah. And I used to see Crespo because Crespo lives in Vegas for years, still does. But he, and he used to be out and about and playing the clubs a little bit. I already had some health problems. I haven't seen oh, him much in a while. But I had him on because when Rock and Hard Place hit forty, I guess it was, he played wow. it. He played it in oh, Vegas really? in its entirety oh, wow. with his own band. So on YouTube, and I went to it. I yeah. went. It was great. It's good. Yeah, yeah, it was great. Yeah. So Jimmy, yeah, Jimmy, and when Aerosmith played Vegas, they invited Jimmy to come see them. And oh, that's nice. So there's, they're, they're yeah. definitely cool. But I, I haven't seen or heard much about Jimmy in a while. Um, I can't let that now. Pat talked about the extreme record next year. We know all that. Yeah. Anything you want to add about it? Uh, there'll be. Uh, I'm hopeful with. The, I think the record company is going to push uh, some music this year. I okay. Think, so maybe a video or um, at least something else. Because if we're going to set up the record, you know, we'll, we'll be releasing music. So I'd like to think, I'm, I'm a wishful thinker, I think we're going to get some music out for the fans. 
there's a there's a strategy now. Who knows the best way to release records anymore because it's the Wild West. But there's some artists do things where they'll put out like three, four, five singles videos before the actual album's even available. Others, one song, the record comes out in a month sort of thing. What do you think's the better way to go? I, you know, I was, I was, a, uh, I think a Wolfie. And when he released, he put out a lot before he put his out record. at least five or six tracks yes. before the record came out. I thought it was great. Yeah. Um, I think that sometimes confuses fans though, because they're like, well, where is the actual record already? Like you almost forget that there's a full record coming and you feel like it's almost out already yeah. when there's too much. So I think there's a line. Yeah. M my thought, you know, th th it's like the news cycle is so quick. I don't know about, you know, if you, you put out you put out a record the whole record and not set it up at least tease you know the fans it comes and goes there's something else yeah. that everyone looks the other way short so, attention span yeah so i i kind uh, of i kind of lean towards you know trickling it out a little bit at yeah. least two or three yeah you know yeah. before the record comes out you know i think uh old school those days are over yeah. you know um uh I'd like to keep on putting out music. Doesn't even have to be a record at this point. Yeah. How do you feel about the material? That's what I wanted to add. I think um, I think this is some of the best stuff Nuno and I have written. Wow. In our in our catalog. Yeah. I think he would say the same thing. And plus, Nuno, Nuno's, um, you know, there's there's only one Nuno, and uh, he he outdid himself on this record. Yeah. I, I'm not. I don't want to hype it, but I think uh, Nuno's ballistic on it. His his solos are they they blow me away, and I'm I'm tired of listening to him. <laughs> <laughs> right, I was going to say you've been great. standing there listening to him for decades. So yeah. for you to say that that's a big, big no. It's it, well, I I look at it as how how does he outdo himself? But yeah. he he does. I think uh, and uh, proud of proud of uh, a lot of the songs on the record that me and Nuno wrote. So. Yeah. Good, yeah. good. Why well, can't we? I heard 30 seconds of it a few minutes ago. So that's all a I solo, heard. solo, right? I heard yeah. a solo. Yeah, yeah that's the first thing. Good yeah, stuff. Right, yeah. So, but I, I look forward to hearing the record, and uh, I know the fans look forward to getting it. Okay, I cannot let you go without asking you about this. Okay. I have always defended your tenure in Van Halen, and I've always said that. You have. Uh, I've always have, yeah. and um, because I feel strongly about it. So we know now that because it's come out, you know, Satriani, Jason Newstead, Michael Anthony was on here a couple weeks ago talking about it. They keep trying to get something together for Eddie. Right. Would have you been contacted? Has there been any dialogue that you've had with them? No, no, I haven't been. And uh, you know, I think it it all stems from. Uh, I, I think, I think it's a lot of clickbait. I mean, I, I I know things come up every month, and the obvious thing is you want to put on a tribute. I think I think of the Freddie Mercury tribute. You know, I'm like, Eddie deserves that. Or yeah. look what is happening just announced with Taylor Hawkins. Exactly. Yeah. I yeah. mean, that, Which that, is wonderful. It's wonderful. But yeah. here, Taylor's been gone a couple months, and now we've got a, a, a London and L.A. and announcements and charity and everything. And it's like, here we are. Uh, Eddie's gone two years in October, and we're hearing from all respect to Jason Newstead, but he breaks this, and then Roth right. says something, and then Satch says something, and it's all been confirmed that there was dialogue. Michael said yeah. that a year ago there was dialogue. Right. But it just can't seem to, like, right. to me it should be so easy. A guy like Eddie Van Halen, anyone you ask is going to step to the plate. Right. And right. just, like, the fact that they, it can't, like, yeah. but... 
Well, first, yeah, I, I'm sure, you know, uh, I, think this, I think the singers are the secondary. I think, it, you know, this is an Eddie Van Halen tribute, so it's all, it's all Eddie's disciples, you know, you th- or whatever, not even Eddie's disciples, but, you know, the, the hierarchy of guitar players, you think of Vi, Satriani. You know. And, well, your own guitar players That's, come up a lot in this dialogue. It's well, hypo- I haven't heard it. Hypothetical. I, the, yeah, Nuno, Nuno should that be, would, yeah. Nuno, John Five, Zach Wilde, people like yeah. that as well. Absolutely. So, yeah. I think at the end of the day, it's going to be Alex. Alex will be the final word on it, whether he wants to do it. It's, you know, I mean, uh, if it happens, it'd be great. And uh, you can see, uh, all I can see is a sound check nightmare. Because <laughs> it's, one thing for, it's one thing for singers to go up there, you give them a mic, they sing. You know, you, the, go back to the Freddie Mercury. Everybody has a mic. It's it's a you know common denominator. And uh, but with guitar players, soundcheck's going to be crazy because everyone's got their own amps. It's going to be a nightmare. Yeah, it's going to blow true. up. It's going to blow up before before the gig. <laughs> Maybe that's why they can't get it off the bat. Now you, you know, guitar players. You're dealing with guitar players. <laughs> Everyone says lead singers are the problem. You're saying singers are tough. Players. Singers are tough, but you know <laughs> when it comes to equipment, you know it's just Mike. So it's just a mic. So that I, that's the first thing I thought of. I go sound check. Yeah, it's gonna be insane. who's going on. Who who's sound checking before who? <laughs> you, needless to say, if it happens, you you would be open to doing it, right? Of course. I mean, yeah. you're you're one of only three people that have been lead singers on Van Halen records. I mean, yeah. so you absolutely should have a, whether yeah. you do without you or something. Just get up there and have some some placement in that of the three guys that have ever sung in Van Halen. You know. Yeah. So you're totally open with it. It's just that they put it together and they call you. Yeah, if they do it, of course. And, and, and Pat's raising his hand. He's ready to play bass if they need a bass player at all. <laughs> you know, I never asked you this either. Did you have any dialogue with Eddie before he passed? Did you? I did. You did. I Can did. you share anything about that? Uh, we re- we rekindle our relationship like at end of 2015, 16. And uh, it was just, I reached out to him and we picked up where we left off. It was, it was, it was, uh, it was wild because, uh, we, you know, we went back and forth and we talked. And then when I went out to L.A., I finally got to see him. And it was it was great. It was uh, he uh, was was he ill when you saw him? He was going through. He was going Treatment. through. Yeah. Yeah. He's going through that. But he was uh, all he said to me was, I'm I'm kicking its ass. And at the time he was, you know, he'd have good days. And, uh, you know, there was one time I, I saw him. And he was just getting back, and he was just like, ah, man, I'm not feeling great. You know, that's cool. We can just hang for a little while. But uh, he was great. And then it was, um, I think the last six months, it got real quiet. Um, I reached out to him a few times, and it was, it was, he got back to me later. And uh, I just had a feeling something was going down. When you were reconnecting with him, were you guys talking about doing any music again together, or was it just friends kind of reconnecting? It was friends, but there was uh, there was a couple conversations. Uh, little did I know until it was confirmed by like Wolfie um, after Eddie passed. I remember hanging out. I remember hanging out with Eddie, and he was talking about the the kitchen sink, not in those terms, but he was talking about. Um, oh, it was around the time that there was what was it the 40th anniversary, and they were talking about getting together to do something, I think, with Dave. Okay, because Wolf, Wolf has said that there was a, a kitchen sink tour, which was yeah. going to be you, Sammy, and Dave. So the conversation I had with him 
was uh, I said, yeah, when you do that, Ed, you know, when you're doing, no, it wasn't the kitchen sink thing when he, when they were talking about uh, doing something again with those guys. I, I, I remember saying, to him, hey, if it doesn't work out, I know a singer for cheap. And he <laughs> laughed and he, and he looked at me and at the time he goes, he goes, you never know. You never know. And then I, I remember thinking, going, that was, that was odd. I remember going, I just remembered him saying that. And then when Wolfie said it after he passed, I go, that, that was his reference. Mm. But we, you know, um, we, we talked music, you know, we talked about uh, the record and, you know. The, the record you made. Three. Yeah, 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 yeah. What was his thoughts on that in retrospect? He was, he was proud of it. He loved it. Yeah. You know, uh, you know, for me, in retrospect, you know, the the production and uh, I think uh, I think um, I, I've said it. I've said it a few times. I wish I wish I went on tour with uh, with the guys before I did the record because mm. it was a it was a project that turned into a band. You know, we, we wrote from the first day on and that was great. And we hit it off. But, you know, you had to feel each other out. But by the time we were on tour, there, there was a brotherhood. So when we got back in and he would write, and we would jam, you know, scat over things. That's when that's when things felt, you know, good. So you're saying that there would have been a better chemistry with you and the band and the whole thing together. Yeah, if you I would thought, have done some shows and did the live thing first yeah. and then went and made a record. Yeah, because I was feeling my way around, too. But I mean, it was I was comfortable there, but it I thought it locked in. That '98 tour was great. I thought Eddie was on fire. Um, you know, the set list was b both eras. You know, the Sammy you're the stuff. only guy that I mean, Sammy played a, did a couple Roth songs when he was in, but not a lot. And yeah. uh, let's be honest, Dave could never sing Sammy stuff. So the, you were the I've said that a million times. You were the one guy that would equally handle both eras mm. and did it well. And of course, your own stuff from three. But yeah. I mean, that was that's really not a lot of people are willing to or could do that. So I, I think you know, uh, after as time goes on, um, I think the record is is received. It's not as you know. Uh, criticizes I I, th I just think over, over time people have accepted a little bit more of course it's an it's an anomaly I, I don't think it's fair to me to put me as an as a Van Halen era you know you got Sammy 10 plus 10 years right basically right. almost but for me it was a record now if I if I had a couple of records with him then I think you could you could uh uh Put it in that category but it was a tour too i mean it yeah. was a big pretty big tour you guys yeah. did how many shows on that run i don't know uh, we did we played australia i so, saw you at madison square yeah. garden on it uh first time playing australia new zealand you know europe got canceled because alex got hurt uh but it was extensive in america i was going to ask you was there a highlight for you in your time in van halen was there one thing that jumps out a show a moment Maybe just the holy shit factor of I'm recording a record with Van Halen. Yeah, Pat. Pat used to come visit me, up, uh, uh, up at Eddie's house, and uh, I'm sure a lot of people wanted to come visit you when you were in Nuno, Van Halen. Yeah, Nuno. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> it was like a kid. Yeah, it was like a, like a family building a of a, a pool in the backyard. You, you find out you got a lot of neighbors. Yeah, um, that was a trip. But I, you know. 
when 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 Pat would come up, he's like, "You're in, you know, you you're know, in you're Van in my Halen. favorite band." <laughs> yeah, okay. No pressure or anything. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And you know, you've done stuff with Sammy. You've jumped up and you've done stuff with Sammy on stage, like in in recent years. Oh where yeah. Where you guys have yeah, like, Sammy's oh, great. Yeah. Always been. Uh, consider him a close friend now yeah but uh he invited me like 2001 uh when he came into town and then ever since then every time he comes in he'll invite me i'm like i just want to see the show yeah i don't have to come up and sing but but and what always, about roth have you ever met or done anything with roth extreme toured with roth uh but not, not when you were in the not after you were in van halen no no right before I, yeah i've never but since you were since you did van halen have you ever talked to roth or met roth or done anything with roth no what was it like when Extreme went out with him? Initially? Roth was great. Yeah. Uh, what was what was the record? Uh, Eat him. Uh, what was it? A little ain't enough. Yeah. Yeah. And Extreme was on that tour with Cinderella, and uh, that was right around more than words. Blew up. Dave was great. He was great to us. A little ain't enough was the record that Jason Becker recorded, but I think it was Joe Holmes that yeah. did the tour, right? Yeah. Yeah, if I recall right. Yeah, because yeah. Jason Becker. Uh, ALS after the recording and um, remarkably uh, Jason Becker still hanging in there. It's just yeah. incredible. If you've not seen a documentary called Not Dead Yet, wow. it is an amazing documentary about Jason Becker that was done already over 10 years ago, I believe. And the title refers to the fact that he was given like, I don't know, a couple of years to live and that was 25 years ago. Yeah. And it's an amazing, and actually when when Eddie passed away, Eddie Van Halen passed away, video came out of Eddie visiting Jason Becker and giving him a guitar. I think I've seen that. Is yes, that, yeah. and his family, Eddie did that privately and didn't want it to be known, but then after Eddie passed, as a tribute to Eddie, Jason's family put that video out to say, That's right. look at the type of guy that Eddie Van Halen was that he didn't want people to know. Right. But he actually went there, gave Jason a guitar. He was a fan of Jason's. You talked to him. In the early stages of Jason, you know, battling ALS, it's what, a remarkable story. What year story. was that? I think that was, Eddie visited him. Yeah, I don't know. It could have been when you were in the band. I think it was because it could have been around that time for sure. I think it was. I saw the clip, and I didn't know when it was. Uh, I saw Eddie and how he looked, and I go, "Man, that's familiar." And I think he played. Um, I think he played without you. Mm. It was either either when I just before I joined the band because he had that riff the day I got there. And, uh, or it was at that time. Yeah. Was that the first thing he played for you musically? Yeah. Was the song without you? Yeah. Well, he, uh, we, we did our, we did the audition. We took lunch break and, uh, and, uh, he goes, Hey, you want to write a song? I go, yeah. And, uh, so he came in, he, he played, he was playing that Alex playing it. And, uh, I ended up started scatting over it and, uh, yeah, we wrote, we wrote that song the first day. Wow. First day. And it ended up being the first single on the yeah. record, too. Yeah. I still love that song. That's a great song. Uh, Joel, let's play a little bit of that when we let Gary go. Pull that up, if you can, please, without you from, from uh, Van Halen 3. All right, and last thing. Mm -hmm. Did you – Did you? I know that you guys wrote, meaning Eddie Van Halen and Van Halen, you guys started working on what would have been a second record with yeah. you, right? Yeah. Because I've heard – some of the stuff that would have been that record. Yeah. What, what, uh, do you, do you think that stuff will ever see the light of the day and how how much of it, how complete was it? Was it just demos? Some, it was, uh, there was a bunch of songs. Uh, a lot of them were demos. Some were 
some were Eddie playing drums, some was just a you know a, a drum machine. Uh, some were some were jams with the band, and and a few were brought to production. We had a we had a um, oh, fuck. I'm trying to think. Uh, um, uh, it's he's escaping me the name, but we did a few things with a uh, with a producer. Um, they were they were good. Whether they come out, that's that's Alex. Yeah, and that's the big thing. Whether it's the tribute thing or whether it's the archives that exist that we know. Yeah. If they'll come out, will they come out? Uh, I've talked to Wolf about it. Wolf is like, I'm focused on my thing now. It's going to take time to dig through it. Some of it's not labeled. It's it's really a project to assign a couple people to if they ever wanted to do it. I know for a fact there's a box set that's done and ready to go for years, but it's that's held up in some... I heard oh, it. Oh, I heard really? stuff on it. Oh, yeah. Really? Oh, yeah. Wow. I've heard stuff on it. So there is... It's just... Uh, it's hard to uh, I mean I asked Michael Anthony about it a couple weeks ago he's like look the Van Halen situation's tough it's 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 a bit of a soap opera at times and that was his take I mean do do you have any insights as to why you think it's so hard for them to get things out or make things happen or is just they just don't they not realize the magnitude of it for the fans uh yeah I I don't know I don't know I mean it's it's I mean that's tough. Yeah. That's in that in that camp. It's tough, and you know, it, Alex is the Alex is the last word on that. Yeah. And you know, I, you know, with with Wolfie, you know, he's he uh, he's doing his own thing. I, I like how he I like how he handles. I do too. You know, um, the record's great. Yep. He's doing his own thing. He's not he's not there to to play Van Halen music. He's a musician. He's an artist. He's he's putting out his music. Uh, that was one of the first things Eddie did uh, when I saw him. All he could do was talk about Wolfie, and he was playing me. He was playing me Wolf's material um, at the time, mm. you know. And uh, so I know Wolf has said uh, he. I'm sure he's got enough material for a second and third record already. He's working on a second record, and I know that he said Wolf told me that too. He said that his dad would always tell him, "You do you," meaning yeah. do your own thing. Don't be a clone of me or try to do. And I think I've said it many times. Wolf could have taken a really easy path if he wanted to go out and basically do a Van Halen tribute oh, yeah. and play half the songs or, or more. But he, the fact that he didn't do any of that to the point that not even play a note of eruption and made right. it his own thing. I think that, the, I mean, I think that in the end it's going to be more rewarding for him because it's his own thing, yeah. but also it's a, you know, it's, it's, a, but then again, that's a damned if you do damned if you don't, because then of course, if he went out and played three quarters Van Halen songs, everybody would say, would say he's just trading off his dad's past. Yeah. So you know that, you know how people are, you can't win, oh, you yeah. can't lose no matter yeah. what you do. So, yeah. All right. Uh, the Van Halen tribute, if it happens, it happens. Um, I, I don't know. You know, there's always going to be a demand because people, people got to, People got to hang on to it. Uh, I don't think it should be a tour. I've said that no. before. I think the mistake they're making is even saying tour. That would be a nightmare. You talk about sound checks. Forget it. That would be a nightmare trying trying to do a tour. But a one-time show, do charity. This way it takes the money stuff out of it. And go and, and get yourself, Sammy, Dave, some guest singers. Everybody does a few songs. Like you said, who, what guitar player wouldn't want to do two, three right. songs? Just like I went to the uh, Chris Cornell tribute at the Forum. And the way they did that, uh, the Audio Slave guys came out, played a couple songs with guest singers, Soundgarden. Then they had different right. groups of people. 
and shoot it, record it, give all the money. Eddie had that charity, Mr. Holland's Opus, which Wolf told me was so important to him. Give all the money to that. Yeah. And just do one big send-off. Do it at the forum or whatever, Staples, and be done with it. Yeah. I think that's the way to do it. Well, I'll leave you with this. Uh, Extreme will do our own someday. A tribute to Van Halen. Mr. Ed. That would be awesome if you did that. Yeah. Like a full set of VH? Yeah, we could. I think, you know, I think uh, the poor man's Michael Anthony could do background vocals, right? <laughs> I, think, I it, think Pat Badger Pat is Badger just fine. Can, he'll be fine, and I think Nuno can uh, handle. Nuno can do, you know. Handle. You know what's funny, though, real quick on that, speaking of Nuno, which, of course, you know, the ridiculous musician that he is. He, um, we were on the Monsters of Rock Cruise. I don't know if it was the last one that we were all on or a previous one, but that Van Halen tribute the Atomic Punks were playing. Who yeah, were yeah. Incredible. Oh, he went on. He played with them. Well, he did. But, you know, it's funny because they didn't have his number. And I, and I so I was in the room while they were getting ready. And they those guys were saying to me, Joe and, and, and everybody in, in, the, uh, in that band were saying, hey, tell Nuno we need him at this time. And here's, we want him to play a couple songs. So I'm texting Nuno because we had the texting on the ship. And he said, Nuno says to me, tell him I'll play anything that they want me to play except Mean Street. And I said to, I said to Nuno, I text him back, why not Mean Street? And he goes, I can't play the open of Mean Street. He goes, I just can't do it right. Wow. I can't. And I was stunned. I'm like, Nuno cannot play the open of Mean Street. So I, I go and I don't I'm know. I'm surprised if, he admitted that. I don't know if they got that message, but Gary, I swear to God, here comes Nuno walking in at the point of the thing, and the singer goes up to the mic and he goes, all right, Nuno's here. He goes, let's do Mean Street. And I, was like, oh, <laughs> and I didn't do it intentionally. They just didn't get the note. And nu- I swear to God, they, they started. No, he didn't do the beginning. They oh, just okay. started the song. And he didn't play the beginning part. Ah. But I'm like, there's something Nuno, I'm sure... He could, he could do if it, he but he, right, or maybe he just didn't have it down. But. That is kryptonite. That's, That's what I'm saying. Who yeah. knew? Who yeah. knew? What was your favorite Roth era song to do and your favorite Hagar era song when you sang in the band? Um, Romeo. Oh, yeah. I'm the one. Yeah. Uh, the Hagar stuff was tough. I, when, I, when I was in good voice, I, I liked Dreams because it was such a challenge. It's so high. It was ridiculous. My God. I didn't, I didn't uh, it's funny, the nights, you know, nights I was tired, I'd look at Alex, i go, no dreams tonight. <laughs> i go, uh, I feel your love. Would, uh, Way I, easier, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah, I'll pull that off. But, uh, yeah. Great to see you, of, man. Yeah. Thank see, you that so was much. harmless. It was, it was easy. Come on. Come on. We're just hanging out. Uh, are we so taping? <laughs> Can we do it now? No, the, the whole country just heard you. It's live. <laughs> oh, the, the, oh, we were on? Oh, we were on. <laughs> he's, now, he's all nervous. Hey, I can't wait to see you uh, back in action tonight, man. Looking forward Looking to Looking forward it. to Extreme. Back after over two years tonight in Corning, California, opening for Cheap Trick. What a great bill. It's going to be a great night here in Northern California. And again, you can see Extreme, other shows coming up, including Monsters on the Mountain in Tennessee, uh, Gatlinsburg on the 19th of August, and Rockin' the Rivers, Three Forks, Montana, August 12th. And then, oh, yeah, opening for that band, Aerosmith, at Fenway Park. Oh, yeah. Insanely cool is that going to be. And also see Gary singing with the Joe Perry Project coming up on the dates that they've announced as well. Great, great stuff. Thank you, man. Thank you. Appreciate it. Thanks for coming by. 
Well, great to visit with Gary and Pat Badger. Great show from Extreme there a couple weeks ago in Northern California. Those guys will be ramping up and get ready to go back full force in early next year. And I did get to hear some of the coming new record. Sounds amazing. So get ready for new music. It is done and likely maybe a single this year, likely coming out next year. All right. Thank you to Pat and Gary for being my guests on the Eddie Trunk podcast. Remember, social media at Eddie Trunk. Keep up with everything I have going on. And uh, don't forget to subscribe to this podcast. Every Thursday, new episodes. Be sure to listen and check it out. And of course, if you have Sirius or XM radio, join me for Trunk Nation live Monday through Friday, 2 to 4 p.m. Eastern. Nightly re-airs 10 to midnight Eastern. Anything you want, anytime you want on the Sirius XM app. Also, of course, there is a sixth show on Sirius XM on Mondays only, 5 to 8 p.m. Eastern on 39 Hair Nation. You guys have yourselves a great week. Hopefully catch you on the radio. And if not, back here next Thursday for another episode of the podcast. Myrtle Beach is the beach. 60 miles of bright sand, water, and a wealth of wonderful music playing day and night. You can step into a simple beach bar and discover a surprising level of exciting musical talent. A place to kick back and groove to the enticing soundtrack of the most unexpected vacations around. With nothing but good vibes floating through the warm ocean air. Plan your own music-filled trip to America's Jukebox at visitmyrtlebeach.com. Life is a highway, and on it there will be many chicken sandwiches. But there's only one crispy. so go ahead and hit the turn signal if you know about this juicy gem of a detour.